Welcome to our weekly Wednesday night shir. This week's shir, as every other week, is dedicated to Eliza Shnabis. Also to Yardside tonight of Malka Bas Rivnosen and the Shleshim of her son Mishmechel Ben Hirshbunim. This week with the birth of Yaakov and Esav. Welcome, Atlanta. We with the birth of Yaakov and Esav. And we're going to discuss in the Pasha how and what the Pasha's name and how it's relevant to the to us in the world and to education. Had a uh, I got an interesting WhatsApp. Where else do they come from if not WhatsApp? person passes away fellow passes away and he comes upstairs to Bezna Shamayla and they said you were pretty good we're impressed with your uh, resume here uh, you did a lot of mitzvahs you were very good with these things very nice but unfortunately there's a few affairs that have to be uh, taken care of, some sins that need to be taken care of so we're going to have to uh, put you in Gehenna in purgatory uh, the man's listening to this decree and they tell him we have two different types of Gehenna for you we have the Litvisha and we have the Chsidisha this is the mind if I see them first? He says, no problem. So they take him to the Litvisha Gehenim, because he, oh, by the way, he lived back and forth between Lakewood and Borough Park. That's why they made the offer for him. And they take him to the Litvisha one, and he sees uh, people driving around with minivans. And Shaitla uh, hanging out the windows. And the Gemara on the dashboard, and the uh, finger marks on all the windows from the children. Guy driving car, minivans with three hundred thousand miles on them. I be it getting him going. These guys are walking in the street with the Gemaras under their hands. People are all walking around with their thumbs going in the air. It's, it's, it's Nice. This is what's wrong here. I gotta tell you, every day, 8 a.m., 
they pour a bucket of boiling water over your head. Every day, 8 p.m., they pour a bucket of boiling water over your head. He says, okay, I hear you. You can deal with that. Let me see the chassidisha. He comes to the chassidisha Gehenim. He sees guys are going to the mikveh. They have their coffee with the mikveh. They're twirling their payers. Getting to school, 11 o'clock. There's always a minion. In the middle of the minion, the phone rings. He has to tell somebody. It's shown all, all day and all night. It's shown in Kishka available. It is what's wrong here. Every day, 8 a.m., a bucket of hot water, boiling water. Every day, 8 p.m., a bucket of boiling water. I'll take the chassidish one. Okay. The second one you say? Yeah, it takes him to the chassidish one. And um, they're checking him in over there. And the Malak asked him, just out of curiosity, why did you choose this one over that one? This is I'll tell you the truth. You tell me 8 a.m., 8 p.m., boiling water. By the Hasidim, 8 a.m. is not 8 a.m. 8 p.m. is not 8 p.m. Boiling water is not hot water. That works the same way. So I can, by the Litvax, I'm sure everything is prompt. So I took the Hasidish one. <laughs> Interesting WhatsApp. <coughs> the Milo of it. <coughs> Milo doesn't really came in Yiddish. So. Abraham Avinu lives for 175 years. Ekev Hashem Avram Mikhail it says. Ekev is only 172. Why only 172? So there's different opinions. One opinion is Ekev Hashem Avram Mikhail Hashem Avram Vinu lived for 175 years. But he only recognized God when he was three years old. So therefore, how many years was he listening to God's voice? 172. That's one way of looking at it. Another Mephedish says, no. That his life was cut short, they should not see Asaph sinning. Five years. Yeah, by five years. That's why Yitzchak lives for 180. Akiv <laughs> He was 172 years old. Now let's do numbers. Let's do a little math game. Math game would be very simple. Avram Vinu was a hundred when Yitzchak was born. Mm-hmm. 
Yitzchak in turn was 60 when the twins were born. That makes Avraham Avinu 160 years old. After Esau's Bar Mitzvah, he started acting up. So Avram died before the Bar Mitzvah. Before he started acting up. Not to see this. So that means Avram died at 173 years old. He was supposed to die. He died. The Torah says he died 175. Because yeah. he died five years earlier. But really, according to the math over here, he died 173. So it's 13 years old. Because Avram was 100 when Yitzchak was born, and Yitzchak was 60 when they were born, so it makes Avram 100, 160. Avram is 160, 13 years later is 173, not 175. This is a silver mitzvah. Huh? It's 13 or 10 mitzvah, no, not 15. Right. Okay. So he was. He saw the bar mitzvah. We just did the math. He only died at 173, not 175. But 60 plus 13 is 173. Correct. Okay, they saw, he saw his bar mitzvah. But he died at 175. Okay. What's wrong with that? That means they were 15. Okay. But Asa was already doing Averis. Only for two years he was doing Averis. Ah, it's one day is more than enough. Hmm. So let's, let's re, re, reroute the math. This is that, that famous riddle with the three guys in the hotel room. With the $30, what happened to the, 30, what happened to the 30th dollar? We're not going to go there. Um, what we're going to do is as follows. The math is very real. Avram was 100 when Yitzhak was born. Yitzhak was 60 when the twins were born, but Avram was not 160. Uh-huh. You see an age when he went up there. Because by the Akedah, Yitzchak parcha nishmasa. Yitzchak went up to Gan Eden. And Yitzchak spent three years in Gan Eden. Two, two and something in Gan Eden. And at that time, during that those years, Yitzchak did not chronologically age, whereas Avram did. Therefore, Avram was 162 when the twins were born. So by the Mitzvah, it was 175. That is a uh, a simple number of math, which uh, if you listen to archives, you heard it, because I definitely said it before at least once. Um, Yitzchak lives to 180 years old. Nice ripe old age. But yet... Taylor tells us a very interesting happening here. Taylor says that Yitzchak, Vayihi Kizakin Yitzchak, this is chapter 27, verse 1, Chavzayin Posik Aleph, Vayihi Kizakin Yitzchak, Yitzchak became of age, he became older, eldered, but the Kehenna ain't of Mirais. His eyes became heavy for vision. 
And the Apostle continues to tell us how Yitzchak wanted to bless his children. And of course we all know that he wanted to bless Asa first, and ultimately he blessed Yaakov. So Rashi knows that our Ben Chabash has a problem. Give me a few napkins. Knows that Ben Chabash has a problem with this. So he comes to the rescue and he says, What does it mean? Why did he become blind? The smoke from those people that they were serving of the Zara. He had passed by at one point a tent where people were serving idol worship. Huh? In other words, it was not his tent though. And the smokes of the idol worship blinded him. (coughs) Then Rashi says, in case you don't get that one, or to be more importantly, to tell you something that's more interesting about Yaakov, about Yitzchak, another explanation, <laughs> when he was brought up as a sacrifice on the Mizbeach, and his father wanted to slaughter him, the heavens opened up and the angels saw this tremendous act of sacrifice that a father is doing for God and they began to cry and their tears fell and fell on his eyes therefore he became blinded so according to that opinion, he became blinded from 37 years old. So he was fully blind, huh? Rashi. Another explanation. So the Yaakov should receive the blessings. Now this does make no sense. This explanation makes no sense because the first two explanations tell us how it happened that he became blind. <laughs> Rashi saying, Ben you heard that Yaakov's eyes, his vision was impaired? Let me tell you, how did his vision become impaired? So one opinion is because of the Aved Zara, one opinion is because of the angel's tears. Then Rashi says, not how he became impaired, but why he became impaired. Why did he lose, vision, lose his vision? So that he'd bless Yaakov instead of Esau. Instead of having Klesanefesh from Nabi Zara. Huh? Instead of having Klesanefesh from Nabi Zara, because he's, he's a Kaddish. So? So he should die from Nabi Zara. That's why he became blind? Instead of that, he became blind instead of something else. But those are reasons how he became blind, not why he became blind. The third reason here is how, why he became, why he was blinded. Oh, the why. Huh? 
there's a how and there's a why. But it's not the first two are hows, and don't do this now because people don't like it. There are other mafarshim, there are Shbam, there are Dak, there are Bechayeh. They explain the Pasuk simply. It says, Yitzchak got old, Zgan Yitzchak, so he became blind. In his old age. We see later by Yaakov also, it says, Vene Yisrael Kavdum Zekin. That Yaakov's eyes also became heavy, became blinded from el- from old from old age. Don't give me the whole song and dance. Pasuk says clearly, Vayik is zaking Yitzchak. Yitzchak became old, so he became blind. I understand it very clearly from old age. So why is Rashi explain the simple explanations of, supposedly not accept that edict not accept that explanation and goes on to say the three explanations let's look at the Pasuk afterwards on Chavzayim Chav, Chavzayim Pasuk Beis Chapter 27, verse 2. Pasuk says, Yitzchak calls Esau and says, He knows, I've become old, I don't know when I'm going to die. And therefore he now wanted a blessing. So Yitzchak is telling Yaakov, telling Esau, I feel my end is near, and I'm concerned of my end being near, I want to bless you now. Why does Rashi explain that, Pasuk? No, he was much younger than that. Mishuah ben Karcha says, If a person reaches the age of his parents, Gidagi begins to worry five years before. Five after. Yitzchak at the time was 123. Amari said, Maybe I'm going to live, live the life of my mother. His mother passed away at 127. So he was within five years. Therefore, I don't know the day of my death. Maybe I'm taking after my mother, maybe I'm taking after my father. Rashi says this. The name of Yeshua ben After the fact that Yitzchak said already, he knows Akanti, and therefore Leidaiti Yemesi. Why does Rashi have to go through all this? Give a special reason. It's not enough to explain. The Pasuk itself says he felt that he was getting old. He felt that death was near. Why does Rashi have to explain to us? Shulben Karcha, 
telling us that five years before, five years after, what do we need this all for? What is it? What is it lacking in the actual pshat? Maybe we can explain this. Yitzhak was obviously blessed by his father. But Yitzhak Avinu had a special blessing. We read in Pashas Chayesara, in chapter 25, verse 11, God Almighty Himself blessed Yitzhak. So God Almighty Himself blessed Yitzchak, so we see that Yitzchak has a special blessing directly from Hashem. And Rashi explains over there that Avram Avinu was frightened to bless his son because he saw an Esav coming out of Yitzchak. So he was hesitant. And therefore he says, let the Yovei Bala Brochis Let the master of the blessings come and bless what he wants. And therefore, And therefore the Almighty Himself, HaKadosh Baruch Himself comes and blesses Yitzchak. So Yitzchak has a bracha from Hashem Yitzchak Himself. So now again we have a question in Rashi. Yitzchak was blessed by the to himself, the source of all blessings. So obviously he knew he would have long life. Obviously he knew he'd live for a long life. Why did he think that he'd cut short? Why did he think it would go according to his mother's years, not his father's? Especially he hasn't even reached his mother's age. Therefore Rashi needs to come along and explain a special for this. Because he reached here five years to the age of his mother. The five year period is what's concerned. And Rashi has to tell the that there is a concept of five years. Five years prior and five years after there's a concern. And therefore, Yitzchak, who, yes, expected longevity, expected to live long, but since he was nearing the age of what his mother passed away at, he was concerned maybe this was long. So in that case, we understand now also our situation with Yitzchak's eyes. Rashi was going out on a limb here. He's explaining it in a hidden way, really. Since Zakan Yitzchak, Yitzchak became of, of age, therefore, his eyes became heavy and he couldn't see. If Yitzchak was blessed by Akash Baruch himself, it makes no sense to say that after all that, in his old age, he should come to a massive of pain and of, of torture. We know, Ani Chashev Kemes. A pauper, a blind, not Ani, 
his summa chashikimis. A blind person is as good as dead. There's no quality of life for a blind person, son. That's why we have people that sell eyeglasses. To improve the quality of people's lives. A blind person is considered like his... There we go. Eyeglasses are on. So if a blind person is considered like he's dead, and Yitzchak was a special child that had a direct blessing from God himself, if he comes to see he became blind, how would he become blind? And not for a few hours. He was 123 years old and lived to 180. Rebbeinu Shalom, do your math, it's over 50 years, 57 years. He was tortured for 57 years. So how? (coughs) How could a child blessed directly from Hashem go through this, be subjected to this? Another thing, in the Sefer Bereshis, it talks about many, many different people that had major life, major long life. In those days, people lived long. After the Mabal, it wasn't anymore the 800 to 700 years, but 150, 180, 200 years was, uh, 190 years was common practice. You went to the Shtibel, you found people that were over 150 years old all the time. And nobody went blind. We don't find it talking in the Tatum, any people that are mentioned that they went blind. And even we find by Yaakov that the Kavdain of Kavdom is Aiken. This is only Mamish when he was, ready to die, when he was dying already. So the Kavdain was much easier for him. He didn't see all the pain of the last days. So Rashi therefore goes out on the limb. And he explains especially on the fact that Yitzchak became blind because this was the Birchas Hashem was for Yitzchak to be in a situation that he should not have become blind even when he aged. But there were several different facts that factored in over here. And therefore Rashi generously gives us, enumerates to us these facts. First reason Rashi brings that Yitzchak became blind from the smoke of the wives of Esav, which they brought to Ketedus from Edezara, and therefore made us Ruach the Yitzchak Lerivka, as we find later in chapter 26, verse 35, and the mile of this explanation is the closeness of the Psukim. Because one Pazik says about Techena Enov Beres, he became blind. And it doesn't say anything about necessarily about him be, being old. Because after all, the Almighty blessed him with long life. 
So therefore we have to find the answer in the Pasuk itself. Therefore he says, Be'ashnan shall elu. These wives of Esau that brought the smoke. So Rashi therefore finds the first explanation. This is therefore the first one because this is most commonly commonplace for the Mechamish, the Mikra, Pshutash, Mikra. How is it so? Because this is what he just said in the Pasuk. He learned the story. However, since this is not the clearest of answers, the clearest of explanations, because first of all, Pashtus, the wives of Esau, did not bring up the Ketanus of Yedizara in Yaakov's house, Yitzchak's house, like I said before. It wasn't in his tent. In their house it was. So how did it get to him? How did it like, get to him? Blinded him? And secondly, if it blinded him, why didn't it blind Rivka? So therefore, although this explanation does have validity to it, the fact that there was the smell, the smoke, the vapors, or whatever of the Avedizara. But we have some holes. It's it's not unflawed. The explanation has two major flaws to it. One, that it wasn't in his house. And secondly, if it did affect people, why did it not affect Rivka as well? Therefore, Rashi brings down another explanation. Another two, actually. That according to them, we know that his eyes became blinded, and this happened only by Yitzchak. Either the teardrops of the angels, or because we wanted him to bless Yaakov. Now the second explanation that Ashi brings down about the teardrops of the Akedah, that fell onto his eyes of Yitzchak, is a medrash. And therefore it's an explanation that Rashi brings. Like a second explanation. Because the truth is it does not have a source in the actual verses of the Pasuk. It's not, it's not, you cannot interpret it directly from what we are reading in the Pasuk of the Tera. Since it's a Medrash, therefore Rashi brings it as a secondary explanation. It's not the primary. It's secondary. but it still has a more validity to it than the other one. How so? Or the other two, actually. Everybody knows that Yaakov received the brachas instead of Esav. And this was in the schus that Yitzchak was blinded. We know this. Everybody knows this. Now, according to the explanation, the first explanation, and the third explanation, we have an issue. The blessings of Yaakov reached to him as an, a result of an embarrassment and a flaw of Yitzchak. According to the first explanation, 
Yaakov got it. Why? Because of the Avedizara, because of the smoke of the idol worship. According to the second, the third explanation, because he wanted to bless Esav. So he wanted to bless Esav, he was also punished. He was smitten with blindness, not to bench Esav, but rather to bench Yaakov. But when it comes to the second one, second explanation that talks about Yitzchak being a carbon on the Akedah, and because he was a carbon that sacrificed himself on the Akedah, and the eyes of the angels became wet, and they cried bitter tears, and those tears came into his eyes. Oh, this is a glorifying concept. The third reason, however, that Rashi brings down, in order that he should get the blessings, Yaakov should get the blessings, the major question. And that's why Rashi leaves this at the end. Because the truth is, The Almighty has many different ways of going about things. The Almighty couldn't find any other way to get the, the brachas to Yaakov except for blinding Yitzchak for 57 years, to cause him such pain, cause him such anguish, to put him into a level of dead, but in the end we say, that this explanation does have a validity to it, and a plus even over the other two. Because the first two explanations still have a question to them. If he became blind, then this is a long time. So why does it have to do because of Zak and Yitzchak? According to the first explanation, it was the smoke. He became blind, not because of Zakin, but because of the smoke. He was a hundred years old. That's all. Asa was born when Yitzchak was 60. Until he got married, he was 40. So therefore he was 100 when the smoke started coming around. So he should have been blinded then. The second explanation that says it was the, the, the tear drops in the Malachim. <laughs> Yitzchak was 37 years old at the time. So why does it have to say anything about Zuck and Yitzchak if he was 37 when he became blind according to that? So therefore, what they can happened a long time. But a third explanation, I'm sorry, that says that Yitzchak was punished with blindness for wanting to bench Esau, and therefore the Almighty punished him. So therefore this happened only when he was older. And he became older and he thought he was going to die, it was five years, within the five years. So therefore, what and there's many different explanations, others, that get involved in this. But let us get real, my friends. Was Yitzchak such a bad person? 57 years to be blinded? The Avishta couldn't send them a text? Couldn't send them a WhatsApp? Or even a telegram? 
saying, Esav is a bad boy. Give your blessings to Yaakov. Why so drastic? 57 years of blindness. Why couldn't Hashem be open with him and tell him? Hashem had conversations with Yitzchak. Why couldn't the conversation go down and saying, listen Yitzchak, you're making a mistake about this Esav. He's no good. I said this before, I believe also. But the Rebbe sees distress it. We know back by Avram Avinu, with Yitzchak and Avram and Sarah, by Yitzchak being born, and Avram said, Yitzchak Sarah said that Avram was too old. Hashem comes to Avram and says to him, why does she say that she's too old? So we know Hashem lied for Shalom Bayis. Hashem lied to make peace between a husband and a wife. Hashem is giving us another very powerful lesson here. You may not talk, Lashon Hara. Even on a wicked person like Esav. As wicked as Esav was, the Abishta will not talk Lashon Hara at him. Abishta will not come and tell Yitzchak anything bad about Esav. On an Esav Arasha, the Abishta was careful not to say Lashon Hara. How much more so, my friends, are we obligated to be careful with the Aveda of Lashon Hara, no matter what a person did, no matter how wicked a person is, how much we need to be careful never to talk Lashon Hara. We see Taylor tells us that Yitzchak was into digging. He put a lot of energy into water, digging water wells. And he restored all his father's old wells. All the different sources, he, he, he developed new sources of fresh water. Siddhartha explains his hobby is not a meaningless hobby. It's not a meaningless detail in Yitzhak's life. But a reflection on his actual nature. His unique path and service to the other people saw dirt and gravel. Yitzchak dug deeply. And what did he dig for? To reveal a spring of water. 
By revealing the spring of water, he brought life and vitality. Yitzchak is not, this is almost a metaphor to Yitzchak's actual approach to things. Whereas people see a person coarse and harsh, severe, and a sinner, Yitzchak saw him as a potential Balchuva. No matter what the person's disreputable behavior was, Yitzchak had the ability to see the great spiritual potential in the person. And therefore dug, he excavated the spiritual treasures that lay hidden in each and every one. Today there are no Esavs. But similar to Yitzchak, who worked so hard to reveal the connection to God, which is buried even within the wicked Esav, we also need to endeavor to draw near even those who seem distant from the from the Mayim Chaim, from the waters of life, the waters of Teda, and with toil and effort, we can reveal within them the source of life, their source of Kedusha, their source of spirituality. And therefore when it says, Vayashav Yitzchak, Vayashav Yitzchak, he dug them up, he dug up these wells, It says, The Pasuk takes a, a while explaining. It doesn't say it in one word that he dug a bear. At length, he explains it. Come to let us know about a future issue. Because the bear connotes which Yitzchak's children will build the temple for God. So we are comparing, therefore, the building of God's house to the digging of the wells. When it comes to the mikveh, we find there are two different tracts. There's a mikveh mayim, a mikveh of water that's made by a person. And then there's a one that's made by heaven. It has nothing to do with man-made. And the same thing as the Be'er also has these two concepts. One side, it comes from a digging of a person from excavation. On the other side, the Nevi'a Samayim that comes up from a bear has nothing to do, a spring of water that comes up has absolutely nothing to do with a person. He dug, and by digging all of a sudden he struck water 
but the water itself is coming up from God's source. And therefore the din is, Be'eres hasuyim bidei adam, wells that were made from man-made, Shemayim neivim behem, Avijayim meyem yetsin lechutz, Din me'ein gomor yeshle. It still has like a full-fledged well, the name of a full-fledged well. Because the existence of the water has no uh, no effect from the hand of man. He dug it up. This is also what we see in the Holy Temple. What does we see in the building of the Holy Temple? That the tachlus of the mitzvah of doing the mishkan the bismillah is also the mitzvah Make me a Miglash, says God, and I will dwell amongst you. So the Shekhinah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu rests within them. This is something that comes from the heaven itself. So the concept of Asuli Miglash has to be a person needs to do it. What is the result, direct result of Shekhanti B'Seichem? The Almighty will rest. So therefore also building and digging up of wells, even though the main bear, the water, comes from heaven, still in all the Pasuk attributes it to the work of the man, the digging of the man. The beginning of the parsha, first pasuk, it says, "Ve'elo tell the Yitzchak ben Avraham, Avraham edel the Yitzchak." And Rashi tells us why does it say this is the birth of Yitzchak, the son of Avraham, and Avraham gave birth to Yitzchak? Rashi explains, "Shayu litzane adel, aimnim the litzane adel." The jokers were saying, "Mavi Melech nesavra Sarah." Sarah was impregnated by Avi Melech. What did Hashem do? Masakar Baruchu. Tsa cluster cluster banu Shayitzchok Deimel Avram. Yitzchok looked exactly like Avram. Vidakil Hedach as Yitzchok. Hedach as Yitzchok. And therefore, everybody meant, everybody admitted, confessed that Avram gave birth to Yitzchok. Now the question is, of course, it makes absolutely no sense because Avram comes from Chesed and Yitzchok comes from Gvura. And therefore there is no way that a person can look like a person when his total essence is different. The person that bases his life around kindness, goodness, and doing for others has a different look on his face. Different than the one that is stringent than the one is, is the one is than the one that is severe, and then the one that is forceful. So how is it possible that Chesed of Avram and Gvur 
Gvur of Yitzchak was the exact same look. We see the Ampash Vayeda when Yitzchak was born. Henik Vanam Sara. Rashi explains that the day of the Mishnah, the Saris, all the princesses, all the queens, brought their sons to Sarah, that she should nurse them. And therefore, they would say, they all the Sarah Ella. A Sufi was born to somebody else. Therefore, she now was able to sit and nurse all the children. They know she was actually a, ma- a nursing woman, a nursing mother. So, by Sarah, therefore, it says that who came? The Sarais, all the royalty, came to Sarah, and they said, "Lay all the Sarah." Mashenkin in our parsha talks about Avram's son. We don't have royalty discussing it. We don't have nice and upstanding citizens discussing it. The clowns, the jokers, they were talking about. They were mentioning that Avimelech and Sabra son. So how is it that there was such an extreme difference? Simple explanation. The fact that Yolda Sara as Yitzchak, that Sara gave birth to Yitzchak, was a tremendous pella, a tremendous shock, a tremendous wonder. Why? Because Sara had stopped. She was after menopause, shall we say. She had no reactions in her body any longer that kind of connoted that it gave any kind of connotation that she could become pregnant so naturally it made no sense Avram we see about 80 plus years old he fathered Yishmael at 86 years old he fathered Yishmael so he fathered Yishmael so okay so now he fathered another child no, I can almost grasp it. It's 14 years later, 13 years later, but okay. He had to do with child-bearing issues. By Sarah, unfortunately, it was not like that. Therefore, by Sarah, the most important and prestigious women came forth. They said, But rather, the fact that Avram and Sarah gave birth to the child, but Avram needed to face the Litzanah there. The Jokers. The critics. Yep. They didn't really care what was true. They were laughing at Avimelech, they were laughing that Avimelech did it, whatever it was, they were just there to humiliate and to put it down. Rabbi Sai tonight is Rishchaydesh Kislev. Every year, it is just like 
we have Megillah for any other mitzvah, any other happening. We have Agoda on Pesach for the happening of Yitzchus Mitzrayim, etc. And we reminded, and we go over and over again. We reiterate the miracle that happened on that day. So first of all, Rishchidish, like every other Rishchidish, if you forgot, sorry, if you forgot Chasasholim Yalav Yavei by Shmonesse by Ma'ariv, you do not repeat the Shmonesse because we're not Makadish the Chidish by night. Mashenkin, if you forgot, if you forget by day by Shachas or by Mincha, then you have to repeat the Shemineser. If you forget Yalav Yavi by Musif, see your local authorities. Um, and as we mentioned before, there are some, in many circles, there are women that light a candle for a Shredish, which is a very meritorious thing. Women don't do work on a Shredish. Um Obviously, it's a little difficult to say that. Thursday and Friday being a Shredish, it would be a little awkward for the women didn't do any work, didn't do any laundry, didn't do any cooking. Um, we wouldn't get very, wouldn't be in very good shape for Shabbos. So obviously you're going to have to find a heter for the women to be able to cook and clean this weekend. This is Shredish. Are going to take laundries? No. Huh? Are going to do laundries? They're not supposed to, but they're, they're not much of a choice, is there? Tell them about this house. Can you do laundry? Um... You heard the story. Of the Rebbe during during Zubinatseras, was not feeling well, started to lean on the stender, asked for a chair, and they evacuated the shul. Everybody was told to leave immediately, so that would remain the Rebbe with a million of people. Obviously there was more than a million, because there are those people that felt, I don't have to leave. Don't ask me to leave. But we're not talking Lashon Hara Chasson about Jews. They practically carried the Rebbe upstairs on his chair. The Rebbe went into his holy room and he locked the door. And no matter how many people appealed to the Rebbe to open up. The Rebbe would not open mm-hmm. until his sister-in-law, the Shag's wife, came said, the name of my father-in-law, open the door. The name of his father-in-law, the Holy Rebbe, the name of your father-in-law, 
name of my father, she said, open this door. And for the Rebbe's father-in-law, the Rebbe had the utmost respect, and therefore, for his father-in-law, he opened the door. They finally got doctors in to examine the Rebbe, and they told the Chassidim, they told the Gaboyim, to tell the Chassidim that it's a matter of hours. The Rebbe suffered a very, very strong, very severe heart attack. And they didn't imagine in any which way, form or fashion that they'd ever be able to pull out of it. Ultimately, they wanted to take the Rebbe to the hospital. The Rebbe said, bring the hospital here. There's nothing in the hospital that you can't bring here. So they brought all the equipment. Dr. Ira Weiss came in from Chicago, one of the biggest cardiologists. He said he learned more about medicine in the time they spent with the Rebbe all his years in college, all his years in medical school. The few weeks that he spent with the Rebbe, he learned more. So the Rebbe was so well versed every treatment, every medication. On Kislev, the doctors gave the Rebbe clearance to go home. And therefore, because the Rebbe went home that night, that day, today, all these years later, we celebrate Rishkadish Kislev as a very, very auspicious holiday, as a day that the Rebbe was given back to us, and we should therefore, now that the Rebbe is not in revealed state to us, we don't see the Rebbe physically with our own eyes, we ask that, and this is Rishkadish Kislev, just like on that Rishkadish the Rebbe was returned to the Chassid and was able to go out of his room, go out of his head, go back to his house, and come back to shul again. On a regular basis, we should be zeichet to see the Rebbe on this Rishkadish Kislev with us physically in the Beis Hamikdash, in Yerushalayim, in Kedish, with Kedish, with Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom to all.